Welcome to Blood, Meth, and Tears. That's Scar. That's Brandon. I'm me. Brandon, how are you? I'm excellent. I get to do my show while watching football. It doesn't get much better than that. Hmm. But the episode you watch to get to those shows to pl- during the football. <laughs> oh, man. Scar, how are you? I'm good. Just sleepy. Sleepy. I got to say, this show, I'm expecting it to pick up over the next couple seasons. Oh, this yeah. This has been a good show. This has been a good show so far, but people talk about this like it's the greatest show of all time. This has not been the greatest show of all time so far. What do I'm you have it in front of and what do you have it behind at this juncture? No, to me, this is just, as so far, it's just a good show. It's like, I don't even say it's great so far. It's a good show. I mean, it's an enjoyable show. Walter White is a great character. I'll say that so far. Uh, like he's an all-time character, but so far in the show, I just think it's a good show. It's just like you know, like a lot of good shows. It's not. It doesn't. It hasn't stood. I thought Orphan Black to this point was a far superior show than this. To this point, um, I'm going to say something, and you're not going to get it until it happens. Everything changes with one word. Run. I won't okay. say nothing. I won't say nothing else. Everything changes with one word. Run. And I mean, there's, I, I mean, there's what the two seasons left, right? It's five. What is it? Five seasons. Or there's six? five seasons. Yes. Yeah. Five. So it's two seasons left. So yeah. So I expect it to pick up because I remember when this was going on, people were really excited about the end of the show and coming down the stretch. And so I'm not complaining to any stretch. I'm just saying what I've heard about the show was that this is this and the wire and something that's like the top five shows of all time. And I'm like, uh, I've seen 12 shows better than this. 15 shows better than this. But what I will say is this, Brandon, these episodes that we just watched are the, yeah, the episodes that we we've gone through this season are amongst the lowest rated ranked in any season that they've had for this show. And the episode we're talking about today, Fly, is the lowest rank that they've ever had. Yeah, what was this? You'd be surprised at how many people rank this low but say it's it's a pivotal episode. It is a pivotal episode, but it's only pivotal when you look at it when Jesse thinks about it in the future. And it's only pivotal because of Walt at the end starting to apologize for Jane. Mm-hmm. That's really it. A fly, <laughs> I sat by the lake and I looked at the sky and as I cooked my meth, a fly went by. <laughs> That's really what this episode is. They had to make up for the budget of creating that whole cookhouse, that whole warehouse, that lab. So they did a single location episode with as few characters in it as possible. So they had Jesse and Walt and a fly. And extras. And extras. And I mean, I wish I could say it worked. But the first time I watched it, I was like, the fuck was that? 
Like you get used to just everything else. And nah, first of all, Jesse put chili powder into his meth. I don't give a fuck if there was a fly in the lab. You keep cooking. And that's Jesse's well, whole mindset. Jesus. Hmm? No, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the chili powder. It was like we're making meth. We're literally making something that's not good for people. So what is a fly really gonna do? And that's what I'm saying. Like he's like, look, at the bottom line, I can put chili powder in it. It don't fucking matter what we put in this, it's meth. You we just happen to, to have the program for the best best quality in the world. That's not what the fuck he said. He said, we are making poison. It don't have nothing to do with the chili powder. We are making poison. And you're I'm, worried about a fucking fly. You keep coming back to the chili powder. I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware of what he said. I'm, I'm aware. I'm just saying. Stop like, going back to the chili powder. It doesn't matter right now. Don't talk over me when I'm talking about Jesse Sconte. 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 That's, that's what, what he called. That's what he called meth in the in the beginning. Oh, it's Gante. I don't even know what that means, but I know it means meth. If you can't say it all, just say Scante. Stupid, you play too fucking much, Pookie. But I mean, this episode it was just dry. I don't know how we're supposed to talk about this for 40 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. I don't think we have that much time because it really is Walt's Walt's insomnia and that leads him to being obsessed with a fly being in the lab and he still not going to sleep. Um, Then he does everything he can to try to get this one damn fly. Jesse's like, yo, we need to do the work anyway. He's like, nah, we can't do it with the fly around. So Jesse basically gives him some sleeping pills in his coffee. And that's when he decides to be as honest as he possibly can. But I think this is uh, him, him, his honesty, right? His honesty in these moments also signifies the death of Walter White. Because he wasn't well, he wasn't completely honest. Um, he was honest enough. He was honest enough, but I think I think this is it, the 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 last gasp of Walter White because he talks about his the perfect time to die and all of this kind of stuff. And I think what it signifies is the death of Walter White, um, because there's not very much Walter White going forward. It's all Hasbro. Somebody reviewed this show on or reviewed this episode on IMDb. And I think that the way that they stated it really makes for a a conversation. Um, Because as you said, Walt is suffering from insomnia and paranoia. Um, but it's more of we're looking at this like it's an empty episode, but it's more of a psychological study is what they're saying. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because it shows how the emotions, the water starting to catch up with him, all the stuff that he's done to get to this point, all the fear of him dying, all the anger with his, uh, with Skyler and what's going on there. It's just all starting to build on top of each other. And so when he finally gets those pills and when those pills kick in, that's when he breaks and starts talking about stuff that he's feeling. But Jesse doesn't know what the fuck Walt's talking about. He thinks he's just like, fading in and out until he says, I'm sorry about Jane. And Jesse's like, nah, man, it wasn't your fault. You know, it, it, it wasn't, it could have happened to anybody. And Walt's looking at him like, if you only knew. I want, I want to mention something. This uh, is the lowest rated episode, even though it is the best bottle episode of all time. And it was also directed by Ryan Johnson, who most people consider directed the worst Star Wars movie of all time. That is the worst Star Wars movie of all time. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow. No, that was that wasn't the one he did, right? He did Last Jedi. Oh no, no, Ryan Johnson did the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi yes. was good. No, no. A, lot of, a lot of people hate the Rise the Last of Skywalker Jedi. was awful. The, a lot of people hate the uh, the Last Jedi for what it did to Luke. No, a lot of people hate the Last Jedi because they hate Ray. The Rise of Skywalker was awful. Yeah. I, I don't hate him. But, I still yeah. say Rogue One is the best of the bunch. Nope. Episode three, dog. Did you see Rogue One? Yes, I have. I've seen all of the Star Wars movies, and I've seen all of the the TV shows, minus the animated ones. Rogue One, I liked it because it literally, like, when you watch it, I don't think it hit me until the end. Oh, shit, this is what happened between this movie and The Empire Strikes Back. Nope, New Hope. No, New Hope, the first movie. That's what I said. You the said new, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that since y'all are being absolute semantic. New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. If I say Empire Strikes Back, then obviously, I don't know. Maybe it's not obvious to y'all. I understand that. Though. No, the Empire Strikes Back is the one after a New Hope. Yeah, this is this happened between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. No, Rogue One happened in between the two of them. Yes, it did. It happened between three and four, not four and five. Between three and four. No, yes, (laughs) that was them getting the plans to kill to stop the death. The movie, the movie directly (laughs) leads into four. No, directly leads into four. When Darth Vader is getting busy at the end, that is him boarding that ship. That yes, there are at the beginning of the movie at the beginning of four. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um. <laughs> this is a bottle episode, it doesn't even matter. Some, somebody don't know they Star Wars, that's all. Somebody don't know they, they they're bechamel sauce. I'm pretty sure I could do it it. if I try. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm talented in that way. Yeah. That's what I made, Rashani. What's up? I made 
cafeteria style spaghetti. The fuck is cat right. with the cheese on top? No, like what you would get in a school cafeteria. Yeah. Where it's like meat sauce and all that. But I did it with fancy ingredients. Okay. Like a white person. Like a white person would. Good old white people. But but with a lot of seasoning, unlike white people. Well, no, actually, Italians do use a lot of seasoning. That's not fair. They do use a lot of seasoning. I love the fact that you literally meter your words and make sure you're not insulting white people. Like, they're going to come and find you. No, it's not about white people. It's about being accurate. Italians absolutely use a lot of seasoning in their food. If you go to Italian restaurants, who are the white people that don't use seasoning? Nah, but but Mexicans, Mexicans Mexicans are the kings of of seasoning. They put seasoning on candy. They don't give a fuck. They put seasoning in beer. They don't give a shit. Yeah, Mexicans do use a lot of seasoning, a, a whole lot. How you how you put seasoning on candy? That's weird, bro. Rashad, I made meat sauce with New Zealand Wagyu ground beef and veal. That's nigga, how why? That's how fancy it was. Nigga, why? That's how fancy it was. Here's the reason why I'm saying nigga, why? <laughs> because when it's all said and done, the sauce is going to... You're not going to be able to discern. Yeah, but it's cafeteria style meat spaghetti. So it's not like spaghetti sauce. It's like I use spaghetti paste and whole tomato. Nigga, I know how to make a meat sauce. I'm just saying. No, but I didn't make sauce. I made it like mixed in the meat. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? No, I don't think I remember cafeteria style spaghetti. I think that's a problem. Because I keep closing my eyes and just picturing spaghetti with hardly any sauce. Hardly anything in it. And I just pushed it to the side and ate the salad. They had salads at your school. <laughs> I didn't have no fucking salads. Yeah, it was it was it was like a <laughs> Olive Garden Italian salad. If you took all the croutons, olives, pepperoncinis, um, basically everything but the the iceberg lettuce. If you took everything out and then you just smothered it with Italian dressing, that was the salad we had. <laughs> we definitely didn't have no damn salads in Baltimore. And you know then what we I want to find now? Cafeteria chicken patties. Those used to be the best. How are you, Why are you doing this to Brandy? What did she do to you? Now I want to find it. No, the spaghetti was made with high-class ingredients. They, that wasn't bad shit. But yeah, but you could have made some high-class... Like, you could have made a bolognese sauce with that. I could have made bolognese, but I wanted to make... I wanted to make cafeteria stuff spaghetti. Hey, baby, I bought all this. Good. What'd you make with it? Uh, <laughs> you just wait. Because you know how spaghetti, you keep the noodles separate from the sauce? Yeah, I thought so. So I looked it up on all That's recipes. Cafeteria, you just put it all together. It's all no, I looked it up on, I looked my, it up on my, all my, recipes. Mine the mine one that I remember was more of a bake. I never do mine separate. Never. So you the one that I remember, the one that I remember was more of a bake with the cheese baked over the top. I feel like that's lasagna. No. Or spaghetti. Nah, it's it's school cafeteria spaghetti. And so that's why I was like, wait, what? Oh, Scar, you don't when you make regular spaghetti, you don't keep the noodles separate from the sauce. Never. Huh, that's interesting. 
I'm, I, but I, I'm a, I'm more of a sauce person, so I double my sauce. But yeah, this Dude, is what, what I remember. This is school cafeteria spaghetti. This is what we had out on the West Coast, I guess. That, that must be West Coast I, shit, because I ain't never seen I, that shit. I, I, I ain't never seen that shit in school. <laughs> I had that in school at all. Yeah, that big-ass glob of uh, government cheese on top and spaghetti and sauce, and that was it. Like, I need to see what the fuck y'all had, because I don't know anything other than this, basically. I've never met my father. So, Brandon, because Scar doesn't watch sports until you don't expect him to, and then all of a sudden he knows everything to know about sports. How's Victor doing so far, in your Scar opinion? Scar listens to a podcast about sports, so he catches up through that. He looks great. Is he looking better than Chet, though? Yes. Uh, his highs have been higher than Chet. Yeah, Chet, Chet's been pretty steady. And he's he's actually pretty good, but um, Victor is a step above, especially because of his uh, defense carries him above Chet. His defense is incredible. Like his his recovery time. He also just... had no fucking point guard on that team. To give him the, every time I watch them, I'm like, he'll go like nine possessions without touching the ball, and I'm watching. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, somebody throw him the fucking ball. Give him the fucking ball. And Chet's not gonna get that many shots because he's got SGA, who's a he's got Shea. superstar. But I mean, last game Shea got forty and Chet got thirty six. But he also has a point guard with Josh Giddy who can get him the ball. I like Josh. I, I I didn't think I liked Josh as much as I do, but I like Josh. Yeah, man. European whites taking over. I don't know what's up with American whites. They asked, but the European whites. Jimmer, Jimmer's fantastic. Well, actually, Josh uh, Giddy's Australian. So I mean, ju- I mean, it's not just that. It's like the overseas whites. It's like basketball as a whole. Overseas in general versus Americans. Americans aren't doing so hot right now. Exactly. Like, the best American we got in the game right now is Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum's pretty damn good. <laughs> He's pretty incredible. But it, but you when you start when you start naming. When you start naming the best players in the game right now, like Jason Tatum's what five, and everybody five. above and everybody above him is European. Yeah, Jokic, Giannis, Joel Embiid. Well, Joel Embiid is African, but not American. Yeah, not not American. Not American. We'll say not Americans. But, yeah, not yeah. American. Mm-hmm. Everybody, but above the ones him. that's coming, Anthony Edwards is coming. He's coming. He's- He's dope, but he plays on a team with a with cat, and you ain't never gonna playing well this year. You can win that with cat. So I'm gonna play this for y'all real quick, and I just want to I want to know what y'all think about it. Um, I wrote this song way back. I'm just kidding. I didn't write shit, but I want y'all to tell me what you think about what he's saying. We are really not talking about this episode at all. There's nothing to talk about. Also, SGA is Canadian, so there's another one. <laughs> Non-Americans. Non-American. Non-American. Hold on. Now it's fucking up. It's all because we... Okay. 
you probably ain't going to college, man, on a scholarship. You're not. So this guy's saying if you don't go to, if you don't play AAU, you're basically not going to college. Seventy-one uh, percent of NBA players played AAU basketball, and AAU ain't cheap. AAU runs a couple thousand dollars a year when you factor in traveling and all that stuff for your parents. Ain't no way a poor kid's doing that. So poor kids, they don't get PE, their schools aren't funded, and they can't play AAU because their parents can, can't afford it. But for the most part, the people who, are, who make the NBA now and who are going to be making the NBA in the future are going to be legacy kids, meaning their parents or their dads, former NBA players, former college players, right? Former elite athletes and just people with money overall. Parents have connections. So really, the NBA is becoming kind of like what we don't like in other aspects of society. Tennis. Volleyball. Right, so I saw that on your I saw that on your page. This yeah, is classic. This is classic like making a point but it's wrong. Like <laughs> yeah. it's wrong. True. <laughs> like, but because here's the thing: the kids that are good at best, that are good enough to get, to they get scholarships. Like, that, that have, they someone's paying for their. Somebody AAU. paid for them. Like, paying, somebody's paying for their shit. You if I found a six foot eight Somebody's kid, paying I'm paying for everything you need to do. But and and then it's also like when you think about it, like and you think about the young players in the game and what what they're doing. Like for every person that he's talking about, you got somebody like John Moran who went to like fucking Murray State or some shit that no one fucking heard of before he was being scouted to be in the NBA. I mean, like, so if you're if you have the talent and went to a public school in South Carolina, it gets a bunch of tiny white kids. Right. It, it, so like if you have the talent, they're going to find you. Regardless of whether you're at AAU or anything else, because I'm, and Zion didn't do no AAU. Yes, he did. Zion didn't even play AU or didn't really play it like that. He didn't play a lot of it like, like that, but he AAU. did. Yeah. But I think that I think that the reason why I'm thinking about it like that, or I thought it was interesting, is because of my girls and how they can't afford training. The basketball hoops at their apartments, one of the rooms have been torn down, or else there's weeds growing up through it, or there's just nothing there. Um their parents don't have cars to drive them out to the areas where AAU games be played locally. Um, they don't have the money and they're not six foot eight. So really. But they also weren't going to the WNBA. They he weren't was making a discussion about, he was saying like poor kids won't make it to the NBA. If it's a six foot four or six, you know, a six foot 12 year old girl, someone's paying for her. To play basketball, so she can go to college. She's gonna if she's in the basketball. Actually, she's twelve years old. Actually, to counter that, I had a six foot one inch young lady who played guard for me last season. She didn't come back this season because her parents made her get a job. But was she good? She was the best player on my team by far. She averaged six blocks per game. Yes. And she had the potential to be great. No, no. I'm talking about you. She was the best player on your team. He was commenting on elite talent. Yeah, was she wasn't elite talent. No. People who, are, people who are poor aren't going to be able to make it to the NBA. And what I'm saying is his point is completely valid, except if you got elite talent, you will be fine. You will be found. 
Mm-hmm. If, unless you just can't play basketball, right? Unless like you don't have the grades to make your high school team, or like you said, you're so poor that your family says you can't play sports in high school, right? I mean, that's it, but that's like an extreme level of poverty, even that. Like there's a level of poverty where you can still play sports in high school. That's like an extreme level of poverty. That's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory poverty, where like you can't do anything. <laughs> And I'm not making fun. I'm just saying that's that's an extreme case. Yeah. That's an edge case. But if you are, if you are, if Kevin Durant was super broke and he all he could do was afford, all he could do is just play high school basketball, Kevin Durant would have ended up with a scholarship and would have ended up in the NBA. Yeah. Even and, without and the exposure of DCS. Even without the exposure of AAU, he probably would have still ended up at Howard or some local DC school, and then he gone from ended there. Up at a D one school, he would not Howard. He would no. What I'm there. saying is, if he didn't he have the exposure, Texas. no. What I'm saying is, if he didn't have the exposure at all, and he was playing but at a, a DC, but back then, I mean, AAU was big back then, but it's not like it is now. But back then, there was a lot more kids who didn't play AAU. That made it to like D one levels and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. but now I feel like the the pipeline goes directly through AAU. Yeah, it does. And so, but also, if Kevin Durant was poor and somebody went to a high school basketball game and saw him drop fifty points on someone, I'm picking some you AAU up. Coach would have been like, "Dog, what do you what? Hey, talk to his mom. Hey, what do you need? We got you. We will take care of him. We'll pick him up." We'll take him back and forth to practice. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll get him shoes. Like, whatever he needs, we got you. <laughs> what is, is what would have happened with Kevin Durant? Exactly. Like, you're talking about marginal talents, right? Like, dudes who aren't, te- aren't like, super talents and then become that? Pretty much. Maybe. But even them, like, even John Morant still got a scholarship. Like, still, like John Morant still got a scholarship. I mean, Scar... If I saw Draymond playing in high school, depending on what his defense looked like at that point, because I heard he was he was a pudgy little kid in high school. But yeah, but he was a beast. But he was beast like. So I would have probably taken him yeah, as well. Yeah, he ended up at Michigan State. <laughs> so Duncan Robinson is probably a good case. Duncan Robinson was at a D3 school. No scholarship. He was at D3 school. Went to the D3 school, shot like 59% from three. Something crazy like that. Like 59, something absurd like that. And then he grew from six foot four to six foot eight. And Michigan saw his tape in like the transfer portal or something like that. And was like, oh, oh, dog, we need you here in Division One. And he went to Michigan and, and, and finished his career there. Like they will find you. That I just wanted to see what y'all thought about that when I I heard it the first time. I think what what I think both things can be true. Uh, Most of it runs through AAU now, but if you got the talent, someone's gonna find you. Mm Hmm. Yeah, as long as you can play somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere out there, if you've got a good jump shot. (laughs) <laughs> the problem with the NBA is that the competition is so high. So many people play basketball, and there's so few spots in the NBA. That it's yeah, like, it's the hardest sport to go pro in. That that old conversation well, came back up actually, again. 
that old conversation came back up again where Brian Scalabrini said, I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me. People don't realize that only 450 yes. people play in the NBA. Right. Yeah, though, you're not getting to, like, <laughs> in the talent level to get there. I'm, there, I'm sure there are some dudes who aren't in the NBA who have the talent to play in the NBA. But it ain't that many. It ain't it's that many. More NFL, it's way more NFL caliber players who aren't in the NFL than in the. I mean, less. I should say, way less. Like that. Like <laughs> it's hard to get to the NBA on talent, and then it's hard on the numbers. But it is better to get a college scholarship. There's way more, uh, way more Division One basketball team. I think it's three hundred and twenty-five. Division one basketball teams. There's only 115 football. So if you want to play division one basketball, you got a lot more options. So there's a pecking order, not even a pecking order. It's just like this. If you played high school ball, you could beat Scar. No offense to you, Scar. This just this just a level. I'm trash. I can't shoot. I can't shoot over dams. So this, these are just the levels. You could beat Scar. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a, a, a decent middle schooler could beat me. Brandon can beat the high school basketball player who never played AAU because Brandon played high level AAU basketball and had a chance to play in yeah. college. A D a JUCO college. So what level did you play? I could have played. I could have played Division two basketball, but I was better at so, football. So he would have been better than a JUCO player and a D three player, but a D one player, but not a Division one. No. Yeah, a D one player would have frosted Brandon out. I a G league player team at LaSalle. A G league player would have diced up the D one player. Mm, I don't know. Well, yeah, average D1 player, yes. Yes. I'm not talking about the best yes. of the best of the best of the best become the G League player or above. Yes. And then your worst NBA player would light up the average D1 player. Well, yeah, <laughs> they would obliterate them. I mean, you mean you mean G League because that's the that's – the, Yeah, the G hype. League, sorry. But the G League is only there because men's college basketball is fucking ass now. That's why I love women. I've been watching women's college basketball so much better than the men. Because at least I know who the people are. They stay there three years. They become names. They develop rivalries. I mean, they, they love America. Used to be. But the, the thing like about it, the thing about it is like right now with NIL deals, like a lot of the top level um women's basketball talent, they make more money than they're gonna make in the WNBA. So they ain't got no reason yeah. to go there. It's so much better. The men's game, I don't know. I watch the I don't even watch men's games. I don't know who the fuck anyone is. Yep. When I was growing up, I knew all the best players in college, right? Yep. And then and then the and then they were like best players who you know weren't going to the NBA, like Steve Wojciechowski, like at Duke. Like they were people that were there four years. You knew who they Ed Coda at North Carolina. Like you knew who these people were. They weren't going to the league, but you knew all the players, right? Vince Carter stayed three years, Rasheed Wallace stayed three years. Allen Iverson stayed two years. Like, everyone you got to know. And so it was intense. And then you were really getting the best players playing. He only stayed now the two best years players are 18 years old. He only stayed two years because he was red shirt the first year. No, he played two years at Georgetown. I know. He was red shirt the first year. And then they were like, no, we need you to come off this red shirt, dog. Oh, yeah. He came off the red shirt. Yeah. He, yeah. He, but he played two years at Georgetown. 
So Angel Reese and Flage Johnson's moms are beefing on Instagram. Why? Aren't they teammates? Yeah. Yeah. Because the one that signed to uh, the record deal. Flage's mom uh, dissed Angel's GPA because Angel has a 2.0 or less. But she's still playing. Because she got suspended. No, she got suspended yeah. for her grades. For her so grades. Less than 2.0. <laughs> yes. It's less than 2.0. Which that basically means at that level, right? What that I was talking to somebody about this. What that means is someone who was playing division one football, that means you just ain't showing the fuck up. Exactly. Because <laughs> they will basically they'll basically give you the easiest fucking classes if you want to take easy classes. They'll make sure you got the easy classes. All you really got to do is just show the fuck up. Hmm. But she was wilder in the off season. No, I mean she was enjoying herself. I'm not saying that, but people were saying like she's going a little like too far since they won the championship. People, you know. And then Twitter goes, you know, of course Twitter goes. Why are you trying to tell her what to do? You wouldn't tell blah 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 blah. And then she don't go to class and she gets suspended, which is I mean this is not surprising to anyone. You see that, Rashani? Did you see the freshman point guard in South Carolina? No, balling, balling. Good lord, you have to see her. She fucking like I saw. I saw clips. I, I saw clips on. I saw clips on Twitter, and I'm like, yo, she is balling. So South Carolina's point guard. Yeah, freshman point guard, South Carolina. She I is. forget her name. We we just she's doing behind the back passes in between the legs passes like fuck <laughs> she almost did like the slip and slide shit like she's fucking absurd I think her name's Ta- like Malaysia or something Tessa Johnson no I don't think it's Tessa Johnson um it's uh Malaysia Fawali yes her yes. Tessa was another guard. Well, she looks like she looks that. like Magic Johnson. <laughs> Man, I just I love ball players who are. It's not even that they're good. I love watching elite ball players get down. Like it's a beautiful to see, even if they're not on my team and they're beating my team's ass. I still re- respect the ass whooping. But look at this. I just sent it to you. I mean, she look, she she look like Kyrie out there. It's absurd. none of my girls can do this, this shit. So smooth, Kyrie on the Kyrie on the court. Kyrie, not Kyrie outside court. Yeah, none of my girls can do any of that shit. They're still working on being able to dribble and look up at the same time, and they're fresh. Look at this one. Look at this one. I just sent you the second one. Like look at people who are still with us for this episode, we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> the bug was boring. Look at her, look at her hand doing the pass on the second one. I just sent you. Fly was hella boring, ladies and gentlemen. And if you didn't know that already, I don't really know what to tell you. Well, I mean, I mean, there's only two points to even remember from this. Him being honest, but kind of, and 
him uh, noticing the fly by the um, by the smoke detector, which let him realize that they're that they are bugged. Wow. You see it? Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. An 18 year old, 18 year old, any gender doing that. But she's out there just destroying these women. <laughs> I was telling Devin that there are certain things that he can do that I've never been able to do in my entire life. There are certain things that she can do that he hasn't even tried. <laughs> and that's the difference. Like, there's just, first of all, for all y'all who are wondering, elite basketball players have a different type of swagger. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she got that. She definitely got the swag. If you ain't got a certain type of swagger, you you aren't, you're not going to be that person. Jesus Christ, look at that. <laughs> God. So yeah. Um Jesse goes out and finds a whole bunch of fly catchers and shit to catch a fly. And then he drugs Walt's drink and Walt falls asleep. And as soon as Walt falls asleep, guess what? The fly goes by. And then Walt goes home and there's a fly on his uh on his flying around in his apartment. Oh, the other important part. There was one more important part. What what were the two that you said, Scar? His 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 honesty and him noticing that they are bugged. His honesty and also him je- him confronting Jesse about the half the half pound of meth that's missing. That's uh, yeah. that's in, that's within it being bugged. But yeah. Jesse fucking forgets, I guess, because the very next episode, he's back to, oh, you think I stole it? And Walt's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up, my bug, man. I st- I'm, I'm team Jesse when it comes to this. As long as you get the amount that you were supposed to get, everything extra is on me, dog. When I used to make, uh, when I make food, I make enough for the uh, clients, definitely. But if there's overages, then I have lunch. Exactly. I'm not paying, I'm not giving you anything free. And Jesse already pointed out that, look, man, we're getting majorly shafted in this deal. So why not get what we can? Yeah, I'm team Jesse on this part. Sorry. I feel you. The episode itself. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't. It it doesn't. I mean, it's a bottle episode, so saying it doesn't go anywhere is not necessarily what I meant, but it just. It doesn't add that much to everything. Here's the yeah, only, episode, only I mean, episode without Skylar. This is the only episode without Skylar in it. I mean, there's a point where Walt has his introspective moment where he's like, I thought I would have been dead by now. Mm-hmm. You know, and when the per- when would the perfect moment have been for me to die? Would it have been uh, 
each time he thought that it was going to be like after he had enough money and after Holly was born and before surgery and before Skylar found out. But now he knows the perfect time would have been the night that Jane died. Cause then he tells Jesse about how he met up with how he met Donald and about the coinkadinka that whole thing. And then he apologizes. Oh. And Walter was literally about to tell Jesse that he saw Jane choke on her own vomit and did nothing to save her. I know that. I know that in that apology, that's what he was apologizing for. But he stopped himself. Those drugs were starting to kick in. Yo. And we know that Walter on drugs will expose everything. Because yeah. when Skylar was like, let me grab your phone so you don't lose it. And he was like, which one? That was when he was on drugs. Mm-hmm. So he was fortunate that this time he didn't go all the way through with it. But what I'm going to say is I wish he had gone through with it. Like Brandon said, it wasn't his fault that Jane died and Walt could have said, I didn't know what to do. Because Jesse wasn't there for all those other parts where Walt and Marie were watching over Holly and talking about how she needs to be on her side and on her stomach and, or not on her stomach and all that kind of stuff. He wasn't there for that aspect. But now Jesse's going to remember him down the line. I'm sure he's going to remember Walt apologizing for this shit and be like, wait a minute. This show is so intricately intricately woven together that it has to come back to bite him on the ass somewhere. This isn't Oz. I've been I've been listening to Return to Oswald again. I'm sorry. Like every fuck that. The show Oz was bad. Our episodes, our recaps were phenomenal, dog. I'm sorry. I'm on the part where Timmy Kirk is mad because uh, Pastor Dylan got buried in the wall and then that bomb went off and <laughs> exposed the wall. So Pastor Dylan got saved. <laughs> Just this lucky shit. They never had repercussions for things that they wrote. They would just write shit and just keep on skipping on down the path. Breaking Bad remembers shit. Absolutely. So if it doesn't come back to bite him, I'm going to be very taken aback. And Brandon, I don't remember. I remember a lot of stuff from this show. I don't remember if that one comes back to bite him. So we'll both see together. Okay. I'm glad it's something you don't remember. Yeah, me too. Sometimes I stop reading books for like years just so I can forget some of the twists that happened in the book and I can fall in love with it all over again. You know? Oh, which reminds me, Netflix, y'all need to watch Blue-Eyed Samurai. I, I Netflix, the app I watched the least on. Well, I, I didn't ask you if it was the one you watched the least. I'm telling you, there's an amazing show on there. It's an anime called Blue-Eyed Samurai, and you have to watch it. I started watching House again. I'm in, You I'm have in, to watch it. I'm on House, dog. You have to watch it. Get off that house arrest. Watch Blue-Eyed Samurai. Come back to House. It's only eight episodes long. I think about it. Don't think about I'm it. Just, just caught up on for all mankind. Y'all should watch this. Excellent. The fuck is for all mankind? 
It's on Apple TV. It's fucking excellent. It's the alternate history. It's basically what happens if Russia landed on the moon first and then everything subsequent to that. Mm. So that so it, because they landed on the moon first, American exceptionalism doesn't happen. Sort of, yeah. It'd be, well, the space race continues because America wants to get one up. So NASA never gets defunded. You know, space, <clears throat> things get developed more faster. Technology comes quicker than it normally would have because we generate a lot of technology in that space race and then stopped when Russia quit. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that happen with the, because of that. And then each season is a decade, right? So like the first season's the 60s, the second season's the 70s, the third season's the 80s. Uh, in the 90s and the fourth season that just started is the early 2000s. But with the same characters throughout. <clears throat> it's fucking fantastic. But is it better than Red Sun? Huh? Is it better Superman than what would have happened if Superman had landed in Russia? Damn, he didn't even answer. That was a dumbass question to Brandon. Brandon's just like, fuck you and that question. I didn't hear the question. I said, was it better than Red Sun if Superman had landed in Russia? Yeah, it's it's like that, but better, yes. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll check it out. 916-633-1537. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. I also heard the episode where we actually talked about when I used like I heard every episode where I called you cool blick nerd, and you were finally like, why do you keep doing that? <laughs> that was season three, season four, part one of Oz. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. Uh, the show's on Twitter at uh, RTO Podcast. You can uh, leave a review for the show on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review for the show on Podchaser. Uh, there you can leave a review for episodes separately or the show as a whole. Um, and you can leave a review for the show on the Apple Podcast app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can buy us a drink. Or you can go to the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar. And then just a tip. I also heard the first episode where you did that, but you didn't go all the way through. You didn't do it all the way through. I've heard us building everything to where we are right now. And I'm so fucking scared to listen to Cocaine Cougars (laughs) once Return to Oswald is over. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to go all the way wrong. Oh shit! Because the show went all the way wrong. Oh, that but nostalgia, not us. That, that nostalgia got us. Well, I just <laughs> thought it was so much better than it. <laughs> That's what I said. That nostalgia got us because we thought we was in for a treat. Oh shit! Golly! Thank y'all so much for listening to this that we just did. It's not our fault that Fly was what it was. There's not a million things to say about the fucking episode. You had to save some money. Right. Had they used the whole budget on that lab. So, you know, eggs had to be broken. But still, we greatly appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Y'all be good. We'll holler at you later. Peace.
Peace out.